the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season. Welcome to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson. Joining me as always is editor Aidan Norman. Hello. And promises to sit closer to the microphone this week, <laughs> whispering Kevin Ayres. No more laid back Kev. Uh, right on top of the mic. Andre Zinho's agent. <laughs> agent <laughs> to the is. stars. Part-time lobster. There he is. All right, let's kick off with uh, round 16 review and what a round it was. Um, Adelaide United... Started things on Friday night at High Marsh um, against Perth Glory. My five-draw bet that was looking so good wasn't, <laughs> looking, quite, wasn't looking quite so good as uh, Adelaide raced into a three-goal lead just yeah. after half-time. Didn't take long to unravel that bet, did it? No, no. Um, although they survived a, a late flurry from the Glory with the Shane Smelts penalty and then a Stephen McGarry 90th-minute goal had me following it at dinner mm-hmm. on my mobile going... How many minutes of injury time? Come on. Um, what do we make of this? I know. Geronimo, two goals. Mm. Ian Ramsey, cracking finish. Left foot on the half volley. Controlled mm. volley. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Um, Is this Adelaide back to form, do we think? Yeah, it was interesting because GT goes off injured early and Geronimo comes on. Um, and actually, speaking to some of the staff in Newcastle yesterday, the pitch in Newcastle was could be to blame for these injuries because it was so rock hard. But... Uh, so GT's out, but Geronimo, again, proven probably to be the, the buy of the season for me. Um, are they back? Yeah, of course they're back. Perth Glory, well, Smeltzy's back, so that's good news for them. But I think deserved winners were Adelaide. I still don't understand Cozzy's uh, rotation policy thing, though. I mean, uh, Geronimo's a great player. Why is he starting off the bench? Uh, he didn't seem to have any injury concerns. He's just done this all season long. You know, played players, they've played into form, they've impressed, and then suddenly they're on the bench and not even getting selected in the squad at all. They've rotated Sergio yeah. Van Dijk yeah. onto the sidelines. Yeah, and completely out the, out the, the club. Um, I just, I don't get it. I don't know what he's playing at. I don't know if he's trying to play the long game to get players through the season. But even that's not working. Jute has gone off injured. Uh, well, it does appear to be working. I mean, he comes on, he scores two goals, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, there is that element to it, but there's still second place. Uh, yeah. I, I just like to see a bit more consistent first-team 11. I don't know if Cosy just doesn't know his first-team 11 or if uh, he's just wanting to try and give everybody a shot. Mm. That doesn't really sit with the, the Cosy mindset, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, but then it, I guess, you know, if you look at some of the, the criticisms or, or reasons that we're levelling at sort of Brisbane for their sort of, you know, lack of you know, real challenge this year, it's because, well, are the first 11 being challenged? Are the people behind them putting them under pressure? You know, do those guys, they just know they're going to play every week. You yeah. Know? And it's mm-hmm. difficult to maintain that level of performance when you know you don't have to. So mm-hmm. maybe yeah, but- there's a case for him. He's looking at what's happening each week, who's training well and saying, I'm going to pick my best team from the week, you know? It, you know, it is working for them in the extent, to the extent that they're in second place and they were, in, you know, uh, battling for a wooden spoon last season. So it is, you know, uh, a turnaround in that way. But I still feel that there is a best to live in there that I personally would be sticking to more often than uh, than Cosy seems to. But, you know, whatever works for you. Mm, absolutely. And Glory? I know, I mean, I'll yeah. take a bit of heart from a late fight back, but, you know, I mean, the, the game was as, as good as gone. Mm, yeah, uh, it was similar last season. There was a, that fade-out in the middle of the season. So it's, it, there's still time for them to make the finals. I still think they will make the finals, but um, I think for me the only positive was that Smeltzy scores again, and I think he's back in form. And was there ever any doubt anyway that he would ever not score? I mean, it's Smeltzy. I mean, he's, you know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, goal scorers in the A-League. So. Do you know what he's lacking, though? What is he lacking? Bit of supply from the left wing. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know what? Oh, they had a player last year. He was terrific. He really? Was, he Who was, was that? I can't remember his name. I mean, have, have you since gone and found out where he is? Yes, we... we well, I, well th- I think there was a rumour that he was in, Cy- in the Cypriot League. Right. Yeah. Can we shine like a big sort of Batman-like <laughs> big eye out of the window? See if he'll come. <laughs> I mean, right. need to track him down we need we to have a chat him. with in him fact, let's, yeah. let's do an interview with him on 442 yeah. yeah. let's yeah. find him that Bring can be your mission for the next week <laughs> yeah. we want and we want to have spoke to Andrew Zico <laughs> before the next podcast alright the A-League uh, hopped over the uh, the Tasman over to um, to Tasmania 
to host Melbourne Victory versus the Mariners. Both teams playing in their away kit because um, I guess it was an away game for both teams. Mm. Um, crowd of just over 6,000. Um, but as we talked about last week on the podcast, you know, this was a Melbourne Victory home game to, in, in all intents mm. and purposes where they didn't get that home advantage that they would have got at Amy Park with 20,000 there. Mm. They're playing the league leaders. Great opportunity to close the gap, which they didn't take. You know, I mean, in hindsight, yeah. will Ange sort of be looking at this going, mm, we missed that there. You know, mm. of all the games to mm. schedule mm. in Tasmania, did we really want it to be the Mariners? Yeah, and last season they scheduled Gold Coast, who at the time were pretty much rooted to the bottom of the table. But it, is it actually a home game for them, or is it the regional Rowan match? The FFA's regional round match. Oh, uh, is it? I don't know. I think it but might I, be, in which case it doesn't actually count as a home match for either side. Right, should, okay. It's, a, it's regional a regional round, shouldn't everyone, everyone be playing in? No, no, it's, it's, it's staggered throughout drop, the course of the series. And it's like, through the season. Yeah, it's like Adelaide played out in uh, Beyond the Blue Mountains, Bathurst. Uh, was it Bathurst? Uh, last season? Yeah, last season. Uh, and that, co- that wasn't... Anybody, that wasn't Sydney's home game and it wasn't Adelaide's home game. It was just a regional round match that belonged to the FFA. Uh, and I don't think it actually affects your average home attendance, for example, average over the course of the season. Yeah, look, it was a pity that only... But it's, was but it it's, still a, it's still a game that, if they hadn't have had this regional round, would have been played somewhere. Yes, it would have been played somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and it probably would have been played in, Tas- uh, in uh, Amy Stadium. Yeah. But... It doesn't actually count as that, such. Yeah. That, that all that aside, um, it, it was disappointing that only six six thousand was it six thousand? I mean, well, let's be fair; they they probably had bigger things on their minds than going to a football yeah, match. Or yeah. And also, weeks. you know, compare, also, compare that against Melbourne Heart, who have got the whole of Melbourne to choose from, mm-hmm. and their attendance figures. Uh, and I understand. Launceston is a tiny town by comparison. Yeah, yeah it is. I, was, I think there was a, a big bash game in Hobart, whatever that is, and. Uh, uh, big Bash that is. I've no idea what Big Bash is. I know what Hobart Cricket is. Cricket either. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was a fancy dress tournament or something. Um, look, but it didn't seem to affect victory in the first 45. I mean, I thought they were outstanding and and it was a very uncentral Coast-like performance. I think exemplified by Annie getting uh, very agitated at one point um, and getting sent off. <laughs> sent to the, uh, a very long walk to a, what appeared to be a corporate box somewhere. And, and, and impossibly the the uh, the ultimate pot calling kettle <laughs> when you heard the audio, Arnie asking the referee, how thin-skinned is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, it's, I think that might get under one of the quotes of the season. Yeah. We should ask Arnie, I think, we're due to go up there on Thursday. But, uh, uh, yeah. Look, for me, the game, the, the game early in the season was the game of the of, of the season for me. The the victory Central Coast game. It was just a f- that, the two two was it uh, at uh, Eddie Hadd's yeah. fabulous game. I just think the heat and the and the, the, the the pitch and everything. It just didn't really match that sort of game. But uh, again, it, I think it shows you know these two teams are you know the, they'll be there. Look, the I, I think it's also a sign of how far victory have come this season. Uh, at the beginning of the season, the performances are putting in, you would have expected Mariners just to steamroller right over them. Uh, 1-1 draw is a great result for this time, considering the turnaround they've had. And I think the deciding match of the entire season will be uh, when they meet again in eight weeks' time or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's going to be crucial. I mean, if, you, if you're Ange, Postacoglu, you're looking at this thinking that this was really two points dropped after the first half an hour. Well, mm-hmm. first half, really. And, uh, you know, Ross missed a penalty, Kiwi Messi letting you mm. down there. Yep. Um, and they created a number of chances. I mean, Archie Thompson could and probably should have had two or three in the first half. Um, you know, is, is he going to look at this and potentially rue this? Because that was a real good opportunity to uh, to close the gap. Yeah, I mean, it's not often that you get Central Coast playing the way they did for that amount of time. And I think they pressed them well. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's... Victory will look at this and think, well, you know what, this is our chance to really make a statement uh, that we we can be a top two side, and and I think they blew it in the end. But uh, um, they, they still stopped Mariners from running away uh, with the the title at this early stage of the season. You know, they, yeah. they clawed back two vital vital points, uh, and, and without being Coe complacent, be fantastic save yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, that, that's probably as poor a forty-five minutes as the Mariners have produced all oh, season that first yeah. half. And, yeah. Yeah. All right, and I, and I, I guess you know from the Mariners, as we talked, said great point 
put that in the back pocket. Yeah. Take that. Got away with it in the first half. I mean, Pedge Boric on the on um, Fox Sports said as much. You know, said that Arnie's message at half time was, you know, you you guys are lucky you're still in this game. Yeah. Um, they go out and sort of put it right. They did. And mm. McBrinovich again. Yeah. My man. Following a clumsy challenge yeah. from Mr. Leia. Yeah. As I was just I was just checking this week. He he actually sat on the bench for the Socceroos uh, two years ago. Was it? Against Indonesia. The illegal living, was that uh, one? When we played Indonesia in Brisbane. Who, he was Danny McBreen? Yeah, he was actually on the bench. So mm. uh, you can call him Socceroo, Danny McBreen as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although he could play for England. He was born in England. So. With a name like McBreen. Mm. All right, the Jets, uh, Brisbane Raw. We talked about Mike Mulvey and the effect or not he's having up there. Um, it wasn't too evident uh, at the Hunter as the Jets uh, won 1-0. Mm. Boys, you were up there yesterday. What did you uh, What did you make of the game first? It's pretty uh, desperate, desperate performance by Brisbane Roar. Uh, you know, Newcastle Jets have not been able to string performances together uh, for the last eight, nine, ten games, uh, and to get beaten by the Jets, uh, even at uh, Hunter Stadium, is quite a damning indictment for Brisbane. But the actual performance they put in on the pitch was just uh, very, very poor. Uh, there's obviously significant, deep, deep issues going on with. Are these motivational issues? I mean, are, are, are the play, is it less about tactics and formations? Is more just about desire? Yeah, uh, I mean, I just, you just got to wonder how hard it can be to motivate players not to walk off the pitch with their heads held high, though. You know, and how can you walk off the pitch with your head held high after that kind of performance? Mm. You would think just pure self-pride. You know, forget about the team. Just walk off feeling good about yourself. And you couldn't do that with the the performance that, that Roar put in. Uh, I think the problem is, is that when there's one or two players who feel that way, but not the majority of them, it's really hard for them to motivate the rest of the players. It's got, everyone's got to. It's got to be all in on. Oh, absolutely. Nine, but you know, I, I don't understand how anybody can go out and be a professional, get paid for a job, and put in that kind of performance and walk off the pitch. You know, with anything other than complete deep shame about it and only I would only ever be able to do that once uh, and then I would fight like hell to, to stop feeling that way ever again and that's not happened with Roar all season mm. well I mean I was, you know Eric Partaloo uh, has, has now departed for uh, for China Departaloo um, yeah <laughs> and you know and sort of played like he was uh, halfway on the plane um, uh, yeah, and maybe that's the problem. Which is, uh, to be fair, what many fans have been saying about him for the past eighteen months or so. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you know, when you've got elements like that within a team who don't want to be there, who aren't happy with the way things are, then that is going to have an effect on others. But uh, it's down to Mike Mulvey to then identify that and isolate it from the team. Uh, he was moved into the youth team this week, just literally hours before uh, the transfer came through. Uh, so I think it was a bit of a lock in the stable door, a bit too late. But however, it might see an improvement. Uh, it's a shame because Parkloo, I think, is a very, very good player on his day uh, in his position, uh, and at one stage was the best in Australia. Mm. In I, I sort of got the impression with him that, that it, he very much committed to Ange yeah. more than the Raw, yeah. and then felt really cheated personally when Ange left I, th I think there's a from that moment on I just felt he was looking it seemed like he was looking for a way out I think it was a combination of feeling cheated when Ange left and not going to victory as well yeah uh, I think he, he, there may have been a verbal agreement or at least an, un, an understanding true or false with Partaloo that he was going to be coming down to to victory to to fill that role and for whatever reason, it didn't take place because Seleski's been uh, playing quite well in the, that kind of position for victory. Uh, and he saw his chances of actually making it down at the end of this season diminishing. And uh, that's when the, the real ennui set in. Ennui, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good goal from the Jets to win it. Yeah, right back heel from James Brown. Neat little finish, just uh, lifting it. Very messy like finish. Yeah. Just mm. lifting it over the advancing keeper. Uh, nice finish from Ryan Griffiths. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Without Jets, Heskey as well. Jets so. still there, thereabouts, you know, 20 points, fifth place. Mm. Uh, I, was, I was just in, as you said, we were in Newcastle yesterday, and I'm just uh, reading uh, David Lowe, former Newcastle player's assessment of the game, and it was interesting that in the lowdown, as it's called, um, 
62% of possession to Brisbane. I think you probably got that on the stats as well. Newcastle with 38% of the ball. but they made 54. Well, uh, Lowy says it's 38, <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> who, who, to argue. who is. But it suits his case probably better, his statistics. But they use the ball better. So, yeah, um, yeah uh, a really good assessment of the game from David Lowe. And, uh, yeah, a few he, stats, but good assessment. Yeah. Um, of, of, co- of course, you know, the Jets um, still in with a chance of the six, but um, just watching the train yesterday, um, a few different types of formations perhaps that they're perhaps thinking about now. Went to three at the back for, for one of the games, and on whether that's just for this week or not. So it's interesting what they're doing. Yeah, it was a good mood up at the, the, uh, the yeah. training session yesterday, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know whether it was because the media were there, but um, yeah, it was good. Mm. Yeah, sharp. Yeah, and generally is the week after a win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Heskey right. looked good, really, really fit as well. So yeah, very impressed. So um, yeah, look, I think uh, Jets deserved it. And Ryan Griffiths, I think, is uh, yeah. I mean, he's just to me, he's he's one of the best strikers in the league. I think just the way he plays it right now, just the way he's playing, the form he's in. It's a very, very good signing, I thought, for Jets. Mm. Uh, and you know, he's not scored bucket loads of goals, but I think he's just a great. Uh, experienced presence on the on the field mm. uh, and just oozes confidence. It's a very very good key signing for them. And Andrew Hill as well, the young player coming in, I thought has done really well. So again, another Jets youth player coming through this amazing nursery that they have up there with, you know, with the players and uh, yeah, good signs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Phoenix uh, disappointing home defeat to Western Sydney, but the Western Sydney bandwagon rolls on. Um, Who do we sing for? 2-0 um, win. <laughs> Excellent effort. Yeah. Diving header from Nikolai Topper-Stanley to open things. Uh, followed up by a bit of a, a bit of a scrappy goal, but they'll take it. Labino Haliti, who finally has learnt not to take his shirt off when he scores. <laughs> not because he's absolutely shit scared of what Tony Popovich would do to him if he got booked for taking uh, his shirt off. I was waiting for him to do it, and they looked up. That's another tick in Tony Popovich's <laughs> managerial credentials for me. to keep his shirt on. Do you, do you, do you think Pop, just as the players go, I just pop, as Pop is sitting with Haliti, he goes, yeah, by the way, if you take your ankle yeah. shirt off, <laughs> Don't come back into this change of um, Fantastic result. Um, and I think it says a, a lot about where the Wanderers are right now, but uh, Phoenix, geez, I don't know where they are. They're in the court in the middle of, you know, they've been told to play a more attractive style of football by... By who? What? Somebody who's never played football before? The go to it because Ricky's under pressure from the owners and what's story happening? going up on the website that the first the players knew of the new attacking style was when they read off it in the press. Nobody had told. We'll them talk about, about that in part two. I've got it as a story. Andrew Durante's made some comments on that, so we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll discuss that. But I mean, is, are we on the verge now of uh, consigning Phoenix's fabled home form and? You know, Westpac been a difficult place for away teams to go to the dustbin. I think what we're more likely to do is consign Ricky Herbert's Phoenix career to the dustbin. Uh, really? Yeah. Big call. Uh, I think he's the longest-serving A-League manager in the game, the competition's history, uh, and I think you can see it drawing to an end. To be honest, uh, he's not got the cattle for the kind of playing style they're looking for. I'm not sure he's got the experience and mentality to necessarily create that in any case. Uh, he's had to, to put out battling teams as all-whites uh, skipper, uh, uh, coach uh, over the years. I don't think he necessarily has the background where he can suddenly transform his style, his playing style, into this attacking uh, style that everyone wants. I think it's possibly time to end this era and bring in a new face. Keep Ricky with the, the all-whites. Uh, doing a fantastic job there, uh, and I think it, it suits his mentality much better. Um, but mm. I think Phoenix, it's time for a change. Okay. Yeah. All right, and the uh, the round was uh, capped off with uh, a memorable Sydney FC comeback that was looked unlikely for large parts of this game. Melbourne Heart um, deservedly were were leading through a goal from uh, Richard Garcia. Mm. All looked, beautiful goal as well. I thought all looked pretty much lost for. Uh, for Sydney until the last um, last ten minutes. Mm. This this fixture um, seems to be for the last the last two this season have been very hard to watch. But yeah, Sydney got away with it, didn't they? 
Well, it I wasn't think, pretty though. I think anybody that thinks that was a good win is kidding themselves quite badly. It was, as you say, a memorable win. Yeah. Uh, but in no circumstances should you take any heart from that three points. It was awful football. I mean, seriously, bloody terrible football. Just before Ryan Grant scored was some of the worst football I think I've ever seen in Australia. It was just hideous. Falling over, players falling over each other, no control, passes going everywhere. Awful, awful, awful. I hated it. And that's it. just heart. You I should have seen Sydney. Yeah. They were even worse. <laughs> I mean, it, it, if you're looking for things, I mean, yeah, it shouldn't paper over what was another poor performance for 84 minutes, really. Um, but if you're looking for positives, you know, this is the last two home games that Sydney have had. They've scored late winners against the Mariners mm-hmm. and Hart. You know, it's not so long ago that Sydney were dead on their feet after 70 yeah. minutes and players were looking at the bench to come off. Look, I th- you I know, think, whereas we've now got Del Piero playing 94 minutes, mm. we've got Yaro Yaro able to complete games, you know. So we've talked about that improving fitness level and that desire seems to be there. Mm. Um, and really, it was it was Del Piero's work in a really tight area that set up the goal as well. Mm. I mean, again, just it was the extra class. touch. Yeah. yeah one little extra touch. He shaped to, to, yeah. to cross and didn't, and then just took that extra touch and then whipped it in. Yeah. And that Between just two flat, defenders. Everyone says, oh, how can, how can Ryan Grant be get, given a, you know, a, cl- a clear header like that six yards yeah. out? And it was that just slight just sort of the face, yeah. puts all the defenders on their heels because they expect the ball to come and they're ready. To, and then he doesn't do mm. it, and they move again, mm. and the ball's in. Yeah. You know, great. I think, I think it was a pretty young defender he had right in front. I think there was two actually in front of him, and he got the ball between the two as yeah. well. But also, you know, I mean, the, the, the person for me that changed this game, and we, you know, we've been critical of him, was Terry McFlynn. Came on, played a cracking ball for the first goal, yeah. you know, and actually sort of got, you know, got him by the scruff of the neck a bit, and yeah, but, said, you know, drove him forward and said, mm. look, you know, if we're going to go down, let's at least go down, giving it a go. Yeah, but the difference is that this is a different Terry McFlynn from the one that was getting all the stick early in the season. This is a positive, pushing ahead Terry McFlynn. The one that was the issue at the beginning of the season was the back passing, sideways passing, turning around and running back towards the goalkeeper McFlynn, and that's just a waste of space. That's not what Sydney needed. What they do need is the going forward one. That's you know the best advert for motivating uh, players by benching them uh, yeah. uh, in the A League. He did make a difference. He was a, a top yeah. player. But and Ryan Grant as well, I think, had a great season. Yeah. He's played yeah. pretty much all over the park yeah. for Sydney. Yeah. Uh, pops up with a you know popped up in Wellington with a goal. Popped up here with a goal. Yeah, I mean you know Sydney's season is a complete write off pretty much. But, but they know, can still in, make the in six. terms of highlights, I'd say that. Uh, Seb Rowe and uh, Ryan Grant are the, the two standouts for them uh, and of course Del Piero yeah. uh, which mm. head and shoulders above everybody in the in the competition mm. and uh, look I, I like to see a little bit of spirit in my teams and I really like what happened with Abbas and Del Piero I mean you know if you if you take you're a coach you take a player off after 39 minutes if you, you, don't don't expect, you don't expect a player to be happy being something yeah. if, if he would be that happy and yeah. smiling there it's would like, be a well, huge issue yeah. unless he yeah. was injured and he could only play 40 minutes and it was a tactical thing it, which it wasn't I'm happy to see that. And yeah. they, look, they tweeted a picture at the end of the game. The A-League website is showing that Melbourne Hart had 101% possession. <laughs> Excellent. And Sydney had minus 1%. <laughs> so maybe Kenny Lowe's figures in the paper were right. <laughs> That's a classic. I have actually watched a couple of Sydney games where it looked like they had minus 1% possession. Got how do you, how do you get minus 1% possession? How does that work? <laughs> On goal. <laughs> All right, so those, that results. Uh, round 16 leaves. The Mariners still top, uh, but Adelaide have, uh, have closed the gap. So it's now two points. Mariners top on 34, Adelaide on 32. Everyone's played 16 games. Victory back on 27, Western Sydney on 26, Jets on 20, and Perth round out the top six on 19. But then there's only three points separating 7th and 10th, which is Melbourne Heart, Brisbane Raw, Sydney FC and Wellington Phoenix. So all still to play for. So we'll take a short break. We'll be back to look at some of the news headlines on our website, au.442.com, and then in part three, we'll preview round 17. Stay with us.
The new issue of 442 is on sale now, featuring a world-exclusive one-on-one interview with Man United's Rio Ferdinand. We catch up with high-flying socceroo Brett Holman and Western Sydney's marquee man Shinji Ono. Our secret interviews and player poll lifts the lid on what UK professional football is really all about. And get ready for your new season with 442 Performance's pre-season training guide. If you love football, you love 442. Buy it today at the App Store, Google Play, Zinni or your local news agent. You know business could be better. You know you need more skills, but you also know you haven't got time to learn those skills. Go to workshops or listen to webinars. Don't stress. Listen to Business Success Radio for all the latest ideas to make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice from dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car or on your phone. Go to businesssuccessradio.com.au and click the Listen Live button. Business Success Radio. Your business, your radio. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. We're now going to look at some of the news headlines from this week. Boys, you were uh, up in Newcastle yesterday Mm. having a chat with Big Emil. Talk us through it. He had some some views on Rogic's move to Celtic, which is uh, on the website this morning. Talk us through that. Yeah, look, we sat down with him for the magazine. We're going to have a feature on him. And uh, look, first and foremost, he is one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. I think you met him, Jacko, at the, the awards. And I know that you weren't his biggest fan, but you smoked the peace pipe with him. And he's a very, very nice guy. He told, told me lots of stories about meeting Saviv Richards and, um, you know, talking to other people at the club on the day about what he does after training with guys like Connor Chapman, just showing them how he plays and how they can defend against a player like him. Um, those are the benefits that you get from getting a player like that in. Um, we had a good long chat. Um, and look he, look, he said what we kind of know about Rogic is, yeah, he's a great player, but he's going to have to adapt to a very quicker game over there, particularly in Scotland where he's just played helter-skelter at times. Um, and so, yeah, he uh, and also spoke about uh, you know going mid-season. Well, we've had this debate about mm. players going mid-season as well, and he did say it is a difficult one. But, uh, yeah, look, uh, lots to, to read about in the magazine. But, yeah, very good to chat with him. And we've got some video over that as well, I believe. Kids. We have, so, yes. Some photos on the website. And, uh, yeah, it was a good day in Newcastle with, with Emil. Hmm. Yeah. Plenty of sunshine, too. Plenty of sunshine, too, yeah. So it's a very red Kev. Yeah. I, thought of a, I thought of a question on the, this morning on the way. And that's, that's a, that's, I should have asked him how it felt to have been uh, signed for Villa in preference to Radamel Falcao by Martin O'Neill. Cause apparently that's... Seriously? At the same time for six million when he Can was in Colombia. Imagine how and O'Neill said no, I signed Heskey instead and uh, Falcao went to Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Did he do okay? Be, he went to Porto first. So. Yeah. Must have been so very okay. relieved. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the decisions that can change your life, eh? Yeah, yeah there's a great one. There's a great story. I, I, I hope it's true. You sort of one of those stories that you hope it is true or isn't true. I think it was Brian Little, Villa manager, was um, was sent to. He was in the days of DVDs, and he was sent one of um, Mihailovic, who went on to play for Real Madrid, and Milosevic, um, Savo Milosevic, yeah. and he, he said, "Yeah, I love that one." And he meant Mihailovic, but he put it back in the wrong <laughs> thing. So yeah, he got me. He got Milosevic's DVD inside <laughs> Savo Milosevic by accident. <laughs> There <laughs> we go. George uh, been a Villa fan, eh? Um, all right, so let's talk about Rogic. You know, that's very was Mike it, Bassett. Though, isn't was it, it Reading? Was it QPR? Was it Spain? It's now looking mm. more and more like Celtic. Um, I mean, do we think this is a, a good move for him? Of, of those four options, which would you have said would be the best? Well. I think Celtic's a, a pretty good option because it's a good stepping stone for him if he can prove himself, possibly play in Europe with them as well, um, and toughen himself up a bit as well, play at a higher level in terms of speed. Could be a good platform if he's good enough to make it to the Premier League. Yeah, okay. I mean, uh, it was a great route for Mark Viduka when he finally turned up for Celtic uh, to go on to, to greater things down south. Um, I can see Rogic fitting very well into uh, Scottish football, to be honest. He's... he's Big and he's strong and he's got skill as well. 
uh, and I can see Celtic looking at him and thinking Viduka, uh, even though it's not quite the same mm. position. Yeah. Um, Perhaps similar to the Nakamura signing. I mean, he was never Nakamura was never a, uh, a big lad, but he's very skillful. Yeah, but I mean, and he, and he did Rogic, well. Rogic is a big unit these days. Well, he, he's, he's a, a lot bigger a year ago. He's no, he's solid and muscular now. He's he's tall. Mm. He's wide. He's strong. Uh, I, I think you know. He's not the the chunky boy that he was, uh, you know, a year or two ago. Uh, he, he's he's a big fit boy, yeah. and I think he'll fit into Scot- Scottish football really, really well. Yeah. Uh, and you know, potentially, if he can break it into the first team. Mm. I mean, the, the big question is whether or not he's going to get first team football. And I think if he can break into to Celtic, mm. he stands much ch- better chance of getting a, a good showcase with them uh, mm. compared to writing a QPR. Mm. Uh, if he can break into the, the the first team in the short term, Juventus. Yeah, exactly. And he could become one of the few players to if he plays if he gets off the bench against Juventus, he could become one of the few players to actually have played ACL and UCL football, and probably was the youngest to do it as well given that he's already played in the ACL for the Mariners. Yeah. If he got off, uh, got off the bench against Juventus or somebody else, how would that be? Um, yep. Yeah, no, I think it's a good move. I hope it goes through. Yeah, I mean, okay. if he went to either of the other clubs, he'd be in relegation battle. Yeah. Teams struggling tend not to try new things with the, the first team. He would have spent the rest of the season on the bench. And he's been over to the UK much before. More he spent six months in the UK with the academy, the Nike Academy, after mm. he won the chance, and Reading for six weeks. He's played overseas with the Socceroos a couple of times, so it's not like a completely new world for him. Mm. Yeah, I think the main thing is, is that he plays, particularly if he's going to go mid-season, yeah. going from being a you know a permanent fixture to just not playing would be, I think, a bit yeah, of a waste. Absolutely. But, uh, but I think this is, you know, the only potential is Celtic. I was trying to remember the last time the boy Wanyama has been playing really well in that sort of attacking midfield role. I think Celtic will do well to keep hold of him because I think they've got one eye on, well, if he goes, then maybe yeah. this, this guy's going to come in and replace him. Yeah. You know, so. yeah. And I think that with Celtic, there's plenty, plenty of opportunities as well with cup competitions that they're in to, to play Rogic and this player. And exactly. Yeah. I mean, they, they play know, so many games yeah. Yeah. against such varied opposition. You know, yeah. Juventus one week, St Mirren the next. Uh, <laughs> Who'd you rather play? <laughs> St Mirren every time. Absolutely. Home game. Kit. Home yeah. game. Yeah. Um, yeah, every chance of a first-team start. Yeah, and uh, of course, pre-season two is the tour every year, of course, because that's how they make their money. Yep. So, you know, he could be somewhere in pre-season. And a good chance for the Socceroos to really see how he can develop over there for the national team. Yeah. And also, you know, from a you know, from a sort of psychological perspective and his, his development, of, you know, playing at, at, you know, Celtic Park in front of 50,000, with that level of expectation every week, yeah. you know, is, uh, and it would be a good, you know, rather than playing at Reading in front of, you know, mm. 18,000 in a relegation scrap. Yep. Did he play against Celtic in when they toured here? Uh, with the Mariners beat Celtic on the, the opening. Soon for him, was it? Day, yeah. I think. I don't, don't think he joined them at that stage. Yeah. No, I think, I think he was there. It was only last year or the year before. Um, last July. Last July. Mm. So yeah. he might have been. Might have been. Yeah. All right, we've, uh, we've talked about Partaloo off to China. Um, Sergio Van Dijk uh, has said, obviously, you know, ideally he wants, he wants out of Adelaide, but it's proven more difficult than you would have hoped. Um, Not interested in any other Australian yeah, club either, which I found very strange, to be honest. You know, I can understand the family not necessarily enjoying Adelaide, but you'd think what, Sydney yeah, or Melbourne. And thinking that, you know, Indonesia is going to be a whole host more palatable and, and, and easy for his family. Yeah, Seriously? I yeah. I, don't, I, I think we were talking about this the other day. I think he'd be ideal for Western Sydney, wouldn't he? I mean, Really, I mean, and he's a top guy as well. He's not, he doesn't have an attitude problem as well, so I don't understand it. Fantastic striker, yeah, absolutely one of the legends of the A League in my mind. Honestly, mm. uh, without overstating it, I really, really have nothing but respect for him as a, a as player. good as Andrazinho, though. It's going to have to um, put in a bit more. Bad news for Sydney, although I mean, he's not really figured much this year, so it's, it, it's not much of a a loss, but it. You know, from where they're at, but it's a player that they would probably have hoped would be coming back at this point to, to figure in the season. Uh, Pascal Bossart's been ruled out for the rest yeah. of the season. He's got to have another operation on his Achilles. Mm. Uh, supposedly not linked to the one that he did last year, um, which I guess is a, is, 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 a, is, is a blessing if you're looking for silver linings. But um, again, tough for Sydney to deal with this. Experienced defender. Mm. They've not had the best of times in the centre of that defence. Um, 
I think, you know, it's one of these things that it was one of Sydney's last hopes that Boshart would come back and turn things around for them in defence. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. The other thing I think, I haven't checked this, but I think Boshart was one of those with the contracts up at the end of this year. Uh, no, I thought they re-signed him. Did they? Yeah. Oops. No, I think they re-signed him. I think mm. it was one of the. I think they gave him another two or three years. I think. Did they? Yeah. No, I wasn't aware of that. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, in that case, he's not played his last game for Sydney. Yeah. No, no. I think he's on a contract. Um, Rumours that Newcastle Jets Thiago was a That's, target. Yes, no, more than a rumour. Uh, mm. We know f- pretty much for a fact that. He was open to offers uh, and was actually looking at the Mariners uh, yesterday morning. <laughs> right. Well, I think he's open. Look, I think he's open to going to any club because he loves Australia. Yeah. Um, and his family are, are settled in Newcastle, so you know, if if the Mariners offered him, yeah, I think he'd think about it. I mean, do we think that he's the answer for Sydney? I mean, I've, I don't think Sydney fans think well, he's the answer. Well, no, the issue that is that he hasn't played for a month, and he trained separately yesterday in Newcastle, and and you know, he's not. He's not match fit right now, so mm. um, it's going to take some time. I don't know where that story back. came from because uh, you know we we were there at Newcastle yesterday, and uh, there certainly was no talk of it. No, when we were there of Sydney connection, but Boshart yeah. injury yeah. news came out after we left yeah. uh, the Jets. So who knows what mm. happened afterwards? Yeah. But, um, but I mean, there also there are you know there is some talk in Newcastle uh, that we'd heard that Central Coast had. Been uh, received an inquiry from Sydney about Zwanswijk. Uh, Zwanswijk. Uh, yeah. Yes. So yeah, that's very interesting as well. It's all. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I don't know. There's a mentality. If that's true, there's a mentality in Sydney that is really, really wrong. You know, Zwanswijk uh, is a great defender for Mariners, but that, he if you anyway? have the pick of the world, would you really go for Zwanswijk as a signing, even in an emergency? Uh, he's great for the Mariners, but I just don't see him going to another club at all, ever, yeah. no. Anyway. All right, uh, Rini Coolen, remember him? He's uh, suing Adelaide for $2.2 million um, for what, what is termed as broken promises. Uh, he was stripped to the manager's position uh, and made head of youth development last season. Um, as John Cosmina took over the head coaching role after 11 uh, rounds, but he quit within days and immediately began his quest for uh, for reimbursement. Um, never pretty when this happens. No, and I'm surprised. Messy breakups, messy divorces. Mm, the Kiwi messy. <laughs> Stupid long contracts. Yeah. Fundamental problem. The fundamental Absolutely. issue with that. And that's that's a very much an AFL mentality that they give coaches longer contracts, and uh, the club is run by somebody who doesn't really understand football. So, um, Rini Coolen, uh, disastrous as a coach, I think for Adelaide. Yeah, I mean, surprisingly disastrous as well for somebody who's you know, you don't you would think you don't end up uh, coaching FC Twenty, uh, and if you're really really poor. Mm. Uh, and he proved to be really, really poor at Adelaide. Jack, I mean, why would he be there? Wouldn't he just go home to, to Holland and work there and tell him I don't want to do this job? And it's paid it's, it. it's retirement fund, isn't yeah. it? Surely, as you say, look, if he's coached Twente, look, there's two million dollars, two million money. there. Yeah, yeah, but he's got. You're not going to run away from it. Yeah. But his anyway. visa's up at the end of this next week. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, this week. This it week expires this week. Mm. And we want to get that sorted out quickly. Yeah, he's probably had legal advice that says if you leave the country, your case is going to be yeah. severely harmed because yeah. you're, like, you're not. You would think there would be some sort of ability to get an extension if you've got a legal case outstanding. Probably again, is. Yeah. Mm. Probably is. I'm just surprised he hasn't gone back to Holland and just started again because he can get a job in Holland um, unless he really, really likes it here. I believe he's got family who are st- studying here as well, so there might be a family issue. But I'm surprised he's still in Adelaide. It's Australia. Who would, who would want to leave? Okay, we touched on this in the uh, in the round review, but Andrew Durante's uh, opened up on the struggles that Phoenix have in getting to grips with this new playing style. Um, some of the quotes from him, it's a whole new style, and when you're not winning games, confidence drops, then maybe people don't want to come and get the ball, and people don't go into positions because they don't want to make mistakes. It's a snowball effect. You can see the boys are a bit down on confidence. Um, I think this whole formation, a new style of football... We got going. We were, before this, we were travelling okay. Um, 
I think this bombshell has maybe rattled a few people. All I know is the boys are trying hard and no one wants to be in the slump. Mm. He added that my missus thinks I'm pretty grumpy and not, not to bring my problems home. <laughs> I mean, this, this to me is like, you know, we talked about this. That if this has been a dictate from the top, you know, and Ricky Herbert is going through with it, you know, that's not good in the change of me. Mm. No, it's not. Because what you're effectively saying is that the manager's not in control. Yeah, yeah but uh, I mean, it's something that Mourinho faced at Chelsea as well. Uh, I mean, he, he got exactly the same diktat from uh, Roman, uh, where Chelsea had been winning games, uh, but that wasn't enough for Abramovich. He wanted an attractive playing style as well. Uh, and that then created problems, because even Mourinho couldn't deliver uh, what Abramovich wanted. But no, I mean, you know, Abramovich, no one's been able to deliver what Abramovich wanted. With, with, an, with, with an unlimited budget. Exactly. With an unlimited, exactly. with no salary cap, with nothing, you know, no constraints. You still can't deliver necessarily those two, that combo. Uh, and I think, you know, given the unique uh, rules of the A-League, it's very, very difficult to bring that sort of thing in, especially apparently mid-season. Uh, yeah. It's it's a long-term philosophy that you've got to integrate slowly, you would think, in terms well, of the time recruitment. to do that is at the end of the season, is to say, right, well, let's get through this year. We've recruited players of a particular type to play yeah. the way that we want to play, Definitely. or we have been playing. Mm. We've got a six-month off-season. Yep. That's the time to say, right, rip it up again, start mm. again. This is it. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Or, or or just develop what you've got into a slightly more attractive version. But so, it, 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 it all... people feel like, oh, you can just walk into a changing room one day and go, right, we're now going to play like Barcelona. We're going to play out from the back. We're gonna... You can't. Yeah, you know, like you it can. takes hours. You know, well, years. <laughs> it doesn't of take like hours. It takes a lot long. No, no. But, I mean, hours every day on yeah, the training yeah. pitch of playing in yeah, that yeah. style, and you know, and recruiting players that are going to come and. Want the ball in those areas and be comfortable. You know, if you've if you've built your side on being a fast counter-attacking side or mm. getting the ball forward as quickly as possible, you recruit a completely different type of midfield player. Oh, absolutely. But and also, I actually don't think there was much wrong with the way Wellington were playing anyway. I, mean, I know they were fairly dour at times and they did play a long ball, but there was nothing that wrong. I mean, they, got, they were going to make the finals, in, in my opinion, before all of this happened. So. But also, you know, it depends. It could be that the owners are either daft, as we suspect, or... Or they're trying to create a situation for the end of the season. forces Herbert yeah. out. Yeah. And it depends what kind of contract he's on financially, I think. There could be cheaper options, they say. They can see, and they can see a way to uh, manipulate a situation where they have no choice. Okay. Well, the, um, the Asian Cup is uh, just under two years away, as we know. Uh, Kathy Stone did a great interview with uh, CEO Michael Brown, local organising committee. Um, that's all starting to get a bit, bit real. So it's on the horizon now, I think. But you know, we're, we're, World Cup is now short term. I think we're mm. a year away from the World Cup. Yeah, mm. we're less than a year away from the World Cup draw. Mm. That's when it all starts. For me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think true. I think you made a very good point last week on the podcast. It was the day that they announced the launch of the Asian Cup was the day it was 43 degrees. Is there a plan for that sort of weather for one of the games? Well, I think he 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 alludes to that in that he says that the games will be evening evening mm. and night games. So the games will be 6 p.m. and, and 8 8 p.m. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's still pretty hot. It was still pretty hot last yeah. week at six. Then again, if you've ever been to Oman and Bahrain, it's pretty hot over there, so they yeah. shouldn't be struggling too much. Well, but I know, think it's Asia. Yeah. Uh, nobody in Asia is really strangers to hot temperatures, except maybe Uzbekistan. Yeah. yeah. But it's a great interview. Uh, kudos to Kathy for, for snaring that and uh, get onto the website and view that. Overseas uh, Ruse Roundup. Um, Mark Schwarzer returned from injury. Holger will be breathing a sigh of relief. Uh, played the full 90 minutes, uh, although Fulham drew one all with Wigan. Schwarzer made a, made a couple of stunning saves. Uh, Sean Maloney's, uh, one from Sean Maloney, was uh, was a pick out of that. Um, Adam Federici, he's understudy, played a full game in goal for Reading as they uh, completed a ridiculous fight back. Ridiculous from my perspective. <laughs> in the last eight minutes, to uh, to claw back a two nil deficit to West Brom and, and win three uh, two. Brett Holman started uh, for Villa, but he was uh, withdrawn at half time. 
Um, as Villa lost 1 0 at home to Southampton. Why was he withdrawn? Tactical change. It was just tactical, think. not Well, injury. no, what they said was that he'd been struggling with a virus and he hadn't trained for, for a lot of the week. So maybe he was struggling a bit with right. that. Did Hurd play? No, Hurd is now back on the long term casualty list. Yeah, looks like three Soccer months. match Poss- coming up. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 possibly out for the rest of the season. He's broken mm-hmm. a bone in his foot and they're now looking at the options, apparently, of whether they just rest it or whether they go in, operate, and put a pin in. Jeez. Yeah, so it's looking like Gosh. two or three months out. So, um, who else? Brad Jones was on the bench as Liverpool lost two one to Man United. Scott McDonald scored again, uh, but it wasn't enough to uh, to save Middlesbrough as they got beat two one by Watford. Reese Williams played the full ninety, but uh, didn't have the rest of the times. His attempted chest back to his keeper was intercepted uh, for a goal. Shane Lowry played the full ninety minutes. Another man that's been on the mm. fringes of Socceroos squad. Played the full 90 minutes for Millwall. Millie Ellenak played the full game for Palace, but they went down 1-0 to Burnley. Paddy Kisnorbo is an unused substitute for Ipswich. Um, what else? Who else is there? A few more. James Troisi, unused sub as Atalanta, lost 2-0 to Lazio. Um, in the Belgian second division, <laughs> Kofi Danning was absent from the matchday squad as CS Visser lost 2-1 to Boussador Bourinage. There you go. Spoken like so a native. Ta- taking you far and wide. Yeah. Uh, I have others? never heard of that club ever. <laughs> ever. And I'm, I'm a... just so impressed by our uh, Matt Myles Mayer. Oh, being able to find these kind of details. Finding the fact that Kofi Dallin didn't make the match day squad of a Belgian second division side. So what do you do in, you in that town when you don't play in the game? What do you do? You just what do you watch the game and then... Moule et frit. Yeah. You get on a train and go to Amsterdam. Yeah. And enjoy yourself. <laughs> All right, that's it for part two. We'll be back in part three to uh, preview this weekend's fixtures. Buying a car is a big commitment. You need to make sure you have the right car at the right price before you sign on the dotted line. So the best thing to do before you buy a car is log on to the Behind the Wheel website. At behindthewheel.com.au, you'll find dozens of unbiased and independent new car reviews. Browse by different manufacturers and find exactly what's right for you. While you're at behindthewheel.com.au, check out the latest car industry news, read motorcycle reviews and news, and pick up some handy road safety tips Don't sign anything until you visit behindthewheel.com.au. The new issue of 442 is on sale now, featuring a world-exclusive one-on-one interview with Man United's Rio Ferdinand. We catch up with high-flying soccero Brett Holman and Western Sydney's marquee man Shinji Ono. Our secret interviews and player poll lifts the lid on what UK professional football is really all about. And get ready for your new season with 442 Performance's pre-season training guide. If you love football, you'll love 442. Buy it today at the App Store, Google Play, Zinio, or your local news agent. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider. Round 17 is nearly upon us and it starts with Melbourne Heart entertaining Adelaide at uh, Amy Park. Boys, how do we see this one going? Melbourne Heart in their previous meetings between these two uh, Adelaide have definitely got the better of it. They've won five, drawn three, and lost one of nine meetings between the two sides. Mm. Do we see that changing? Uh, I fancy Adelaide. I think there'll be five and a half thousand fans. Adelaide will win this one, and uh, I think they'll win it quite well. Struggling to see the point of Melbourne Heart these days, to be honest. Ooh, always, always did. Never thought they should have been uh, there in the first place. And no success on the field. Very limited following off the field. Just don't see the point in them. I mean, to be fair, I think I think Yarraside has grown over the last few years. I think it's the has problem it? is I, I think it has grown. I think in numbers, but I think the other part of their supporters, the family base, doesn't seem to be growing as quick as they thought of. It's diminishing. It's a, you know, it's, it's getting smaller and smaller with each season, and it was working off a pretty low base to begin with. Mm. I just don't see the point. Melbourne was. I one think we've of, had this debate about Melbourne mm. needed I mean, you know, like, far like clearer yeah, identity. Last week, you know, yeah, you see their home game against Victory, and there's there's at least ten thousand people there with Melbourne Heart colours on, mm. at least. And you just think, well, 
if they're not coming every week, why aren't they coming every week? And I think that you know they probably need to look at a change of strategy. I think they dabbled in that with inquiries about Beckham and that. Mm. I think that's the route they need to go. It's like yeah. because if they're not, yeah, but I mean. <laughs> The inquiries are never anything more than a publicity. No, thing. no, no. But what I think is that it's signalled that yes. heart were okay. I think they've now. I think they may have now looked at it and gone, "We need some. We need a sign yeah. that's going to capture the imagination yeah. because yeah. this whole we're going to build the club piece by piece the right way is just not working." No, no. I think no. I think I think it is working, but case, I don't think it's working as well as they thought it would. But I don't. Th- I think it's working in other ways. It's not working for crowds. Yeah, no, they, they yeah. should be seen. I don't think. I, don't, I think it's worked. The only thing that's good that's come out of Melbourne Heart is the fact that they've unearthed some new talent and sold it off. And, and, the, and the and the derby yes, as well because the, of the, the derby. Sales. Yeah, yeah, but, but the, that, that but there's plenty there's plenty of well clubs in world dry. football that have been around a lot longer than Melbourne Heart that have to sell their players to balance the books. Oh, absolutely. Probably I'm, everyone I'm not, in the I'm Premier not, League by yeah, the top four. I'm not yeah. questioning that. That's mm. fair enough. That, that's the good thing that's come out of it. But the, that so well to, will run dry. So for me to say that, you know, like that Melbourne Heart have been, you know, what's the point of Melbourne Heart? Well, they're one of the few A-League teams that is making a profit. They're... But that, that's, not, only, that's not a point. The first that, round of the expansion that is still there. Mm-hmm. And also, I think the Melbourne Derby has become one of the, the best... Uh, events in Melbourne. I mean, I've been in Melbourne the last yeah. year, and I can tell you it's a massive thing. The thing that I think they need to do, and you alluded to it before about the stars, kind of they, like the need, they need a bit of stars power. They though. need a little bit of sprinkle on top of that, to just yeah. because yeah. they they train out of bloody Latrobe, which is miles away, mm. and it's a very humble sort of area uh, in terms of Melbourne. Victory train at Amy Park. They get lots of media because it's right where the media are. They're a long way from where the media are, and it's just a fact of. Yeah. life that they don't and get also, the I media. think you know it, it, it's almost like what Hart tried to have as their point of difference is exactly the space that Melbourne Victory are with Ange now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know they, yeah. they've had yes. their rug pulled yeah. from under their feet. Which, exactly. You know, Angie's style is not big name marquees. His yep. style is twenty five players that all know their role, playing nice, fluid passing football. That was almost where Hart tried to mm. take the ground against Melbourne Victory with Van Skip. And they've now sort of been out, done in that. So I think now they need to go. They've been out. We need a name yeah. that is gonna. They get need to find a point. Floating voters in Melbourne to actually come to a Melbourne Heart game more than a Melbourne Victory game because they yep. want to see that guy. Yep. You know, and I, I, and I think you know if that's a, I would be all, you know, looking at who's available to come in that will do that. Mm. Yep. You know, the question is how much money they've got to mm. bankroll that. Yeah. And I, I, well, I, I mean, if they're making a profit, then you know they're in a stronger position than nine tenths of the the A League. But they've certainly got so. the stadium for it, and they've certainly got the the general public that will get off its backside yeah. and go and and go in person. You know, you always sort of sometimes think, Sydney, you know, what does it take to get people in Sydney to go to a game? You know, you don't have you don't have that as much fear of that in Melbourne because you put on the right players and the right show, they'll turn up. Yeah, yeah but there is no point to them at the moment. They need to find a. a you got to give them time to sort of, you know, re- reinvent themselves. Yeah, and it's a lear- I think it's a, I think it's a well, learning process for everybody. Should you be reinventing yourself after three years? Well, I think it's a learning. That's process. Madonna, mate. You have to constantly do it. <laughs> Madonna, it's Melbourne Heart. That's it. Plays <laughs> before the game. <laughs> Up front, was it Tadish, Madonna, <laughs> Garcia? <laughs> she can play, I'm told, but anyway. Adelaide, Railroad, Hart. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, after that, yeah, no, I think Adelaide, too good. Yeah, 2 1. 3 0. Wow. Yeah, yeah interesting one, because I just think Melbourne Heart have been so up and down, and just when you see they've had, a, they've had an abject performance, and then they've, you've gone, oh, they're going to get hammered this week, yeah. and then they go and win. You know, so yeah. I, I, I think um, I think Aloisi and um, I think he'll get a reaction from last week. I think the, the players will be disappointed. I think they'll have been, you know, you talk about when you go to Newcastle and the atmosphere around the camp is good and everyone's mm. in a good mood. I think that Melbourne Heart training this week will have been hard work. They won't mm. have been happy, you know, and I think they might get a reaction. I'm going to tip a draw and go out my way. Potentially, we could potentially see Butzer back as well. Um, I think Redmayne would be disappointed in his performance, so potentially... Certainly Emerton's goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. so you never know. At that stage of the game, 
You yeah, know, that's yeah. when you need your keeper just to yeah. just to get it out of the way. You know, yeah. you'll have to hold it. And even even the winning goal, you know, you, you could argue that he should dominate his box a bit more. So I, potentially Butzer could be back. Yep. All right, Bumps. City FC entertain new free-flowing Wellington. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, for Sydney, you've got to be looking at this going, you know, if you're the Sydney coach, go like, their captain is coming out saying they're struggling to get to terms with the way they now have to play. What a time to be playing them, you know. But then Phoenix again, you become at, the Phoenix Sydney. has always been Sydney's bogey team yeah. in a lot of yeah. games, you know. Yeah, I think they won their first ever A-League game in Sydney, I think, with uh, the Brazilian striker Felipe scoring a cracker many years ago. I remember going out on the <clears throat> piss uh, after the game with the boys, and it was a terrific night, i got to say, that one. First game in the A-League that they won. <laughs> um, I'm tipping Sydney for this one. Yeah, I think so. I think they've got the momentum. Joel Griffiths. Joel Griffiths yeah. will it's be. be I mean, key he will be, you know, chomping at the bit to get let loose on this. Mm. Yeah, he will also get chopped. Yeah. Like, he's so going to get chopped by the Phoenix defence. And it'll be interesting because Durante knows them very well. They won a championship with the Jets. But it's also, um, you know, like they've, they've, you know, Sydney have got probably one of the best dead ball specialists in it. Yeah. You know, but they've not had a centre forward so far this yeah. season who milks free kicks. Yeah. yeah. Because you know the, the centre forwards that they had, are got, you know, Yao is like right, just put it twenty yards behind the defence and I'll run onto it. <laughs> you know, he's not going to win many free kicks in yeah. and around the box. And the, yeah. Joel Griffiths was a master at milking those free kicks yeah. just you know just on the edge of the box just outside the box yeah. just in the you know in the channels he'll yeah. he'll chase the ball he'll get his body in the way and he'll win a free kick and all of a sudden you've got Del Piero standing over the ball and you've got possibilities I mean, the challenge will be like, will Joel Griffiths be elbowing Del Piero out of the way to take him himself because yeah. he's, he's no mean dead baller right. by himself Joel yeah, Griffiths be he's quite shy in retiring though Joel yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. no no, no Joel, that's completely yeah. wrong isn't it yeah yeah. no I think it's going to be I think quite an interesting battle up front with uh, you know he's already said that I should be playing with Del Piero when he, when he saw the team play um, so seeing how he plays up front with Del Piero just off him um, Durante marking him I think um It'll be very interesting. Um, Having said last towards the end, of I actually last think game. Sydney will actually thump them. I think this will yeah. be the first game of the season where they actually go and hammer a team. Having four said nil. at the end of the last game, God. yeah, four nil. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying it right now. I think they. I think Sydney might need a bit of help, sort of uh, Chelsea style, from sort of like John Walters to. Uh, <laughs> To win a game four nil, I just I just sensed Griffiths and Del Piero and, and the way that Wellington are playing. I think they could really hammer them. So I'm going to go for a four nil. Yeah, uh, like, as I was trying to say earlier. <laughs> <laughs> now, as I said at the end of uh, the last game, uh, SFS is where good football goes to die. I think this is actually going to be potentially the turning point for Sydney and the season. Uh, Joe Griffiths. Frank doesn't like turning points, though. I know, How he doesn't like turning points. How many turning points, points have there been? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're almost in a this, circle. They've just gone, gone around in a circle. like this. I think Joe is the, the vital ingredient they've been yeah. missing up front for a good couple of seasons, to be honest. Uh, the defence is still porous. That's that's the issue that they're going to have. Uh, but I can see them scoring two, three goals uh, in this game. And and winning it? Yeah, I think they probably they, they should win, they will win, but I'm still not convinced that, about the defence, and that, that's where the weakness is going to lie. And I, I can see Phoenix are at you know, six and sevens. Uh, if they can get the right together and can score, put a decent attack together, they could score one or two goals. Um, but I think Sydney are going to win this, and I can see them scoring three goals. I don't know how many Phoenix are going to score. Though. Okay. It depends which Phoenix turn I know The other thing for, for me, for Sydney, which has been nice for the last couple of weeks, has been um, you know, it's been Jason Kalina's ability to play the full yeah. full 90 as well. I think it's critical yeah. coming into this part of the season. Um, because, you know, then you started to look like, you know, Kalina, Del Piero, Griffiths, that's a decent sort Emerson, of spine. Yeah. You know, Everton when he's forward. got yeah. his head yeah. in the right place. Yeah. McFlynn potentially as a defender this this week as well. So yeah. Susan, yeah, potentially. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, with the Boschart injury and, yeah. and just ongoing, but uh, I think he played well last week. So um, yeah, no, it could be the uh, the big turning point. All right, Glory host Melbourne Victory. We've been told not oh, no, to tip Melbourne Victory by Guido Trisoli on Twitter <laughs> Guido Trisoli has just said, please don't tip Melbourne Victory in this week's podcast. <laughs> we haven't won in Perth since 2009. I, I really, Do I really we see that changing? History-changing moment then, in that yeah. case. I'm turning tipping point? Victory. Another turning point. Oh, huge turning point, yes. Yeah. Turning, turning point turning in history. Point. Yeah. 
No, I think Victory can win this one. Yeah. Sorry, Guido. <laughs> Kev? Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, Glory just doing the usual mid-season fade, starting well, fading. And they are due to turn that around and you know come back on a, with a wet sail, as they say, for the end of the season. I don't see it happening in this game, though. Uh, Victory, very focused. Uh, they know what needs to be done, mm. and they'll do it this weekend. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Guido. All three of us are tipping a victory win. <laughs> I'm going to tip victory as well. Uh, Mariners entertain the Jets in the F3 derby. Jets off the back of a win. Local derby. They'll fancy this, won't they? Yeah, this will be great. I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, we were just talking about it yesterday. Mm. Um, yeah, the, the, the Mariners off a long trip to Tasmania. I think it's a three-pronged trip that they have to do that they came back on. So, mm. to, yeah, I think it's a long trip anyway. So, yeah, interesting week for the Mariners with Rogic and, and Abini and uh, what have you. I'm not sure whether Rogic is supposed to be back. It's, do we know? I, um, I don't think he will be I, back. I, I, even if he was, they would play anyway. Yeah. So... Um, having been up to Newcastle yesterday, um, I think it could be uh, it could be a difficult game for the, the Mariners. This one, a very yeah, difficult game. I'm going up to the Mar- see the Mariners tomorrow. All going well. Uh, Say hello to Annie. I will. Thank you. Yeah, it's special uh, from you. Give him a kiss. Um, but I think the Mariners, uh, having seen the Jets, the good mood and uh, training and all the rest of it, I still think the Mariners are going to be proved to be too good for them. Uh, no Arnie for this game. Mm. He's been sanctioned by the FFA. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be Mossy. Sending off. Gagged. Uh, Mossy yeah, Ali's been told that he can't communicate because uh, he was spotted on the mobile phone. Interestingly, though, uh, I didn't realise this. There is actually no rule against the communication unless it's specifically prohibited. But do we know who he was talking? But it has been specifically prohibited for this game. For this game, yes. But in the previous game... So how do they do that? So you're not allowed to be on a mobile phone on the bench. Is that how it works? No, he's not allowed. To, he, 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 for this game, he is specifically prohibited from contacting players or staff. Yeah, I mean, you can, two hours before. I mean, Phil must be updating his Facebook status and stuff like that if he wants. <laughs> yeah. Just can't talk to Arnie. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So I just I don't know how you'd prove it. Well, just I think get the phone, phone records. I seem to, seem to remember when the similar thing was. What happening. if you rang was, Arnie's was wife? Kazmina. Uh, Kazmina was banned. And Robbie Middleby was running from yes. the stand, the, the box at the back of the stand, down to the bench, three times a minute virtually. Mm. So that, yeah, there's ways around it. Oh, I think the soccer is famously, uh, you know, when Frank Arik was banned from a, a World Cup qualifier in Israel by the referee, he was sent to the stand. That one of the players was just running back and forth in the crowd and getting pelted every time. <laughs> in a World Cup qualifier in, in Tel Aviv many years ago. Anyway, uh, I'm tipping right, draw. Tips. Draw. Draw. Two two. Nah, Mariners. Mariners, 2-1. Yeah, no, I'm going to tip a draw. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think Heskey might get yeah. some joy there. Yeah, fancy yeah. Heskey in this one. I don't know, I don't know why. Just nah. look good. Nah, nah, 2-1. All right, Western Sydney travel up to uh, Suncorp Stadium on Sunday to uh, take on the Raw. Again, they'll fancy this. Yeah. This is a, this is the scene of their first First, first goal. First, first goal, goal ever. Yeah, the Mark Bridge, the famous mm. glancing header. Um, and it's hard not to tip them again the way they're playing. What a great season they're having. I mean, yeah. seriously. And also, you know, like Popovich last week, last week, you know, not playing Shinji Ono, you know, putting him on the bench. Yeah, that really helped my fancy football side. Yeah. Thanks for that, Tony. Yeah, but again, you know, we're seeing like, you know, what I'm really enjoying is sort of seeing Tony Popovich develop as a coach and, you know, like and, uh, through the season, you know, yeah. and it's really encouraging to mm. see like, Graham Arnold, you know, as you know, we've all had our differences mm. with him here, but you know, you can't argue that he's mm. doing, he's developing as a coach from yeah, where he was. Absolutely. He's developing. Absolutely. And you know, Tony Popovich, you know, like we're now sort of seeing that potentially there are Australian coaches that could be in the frame in, the, you know, in the next. Mate, this, sort of well, I mean, to take that's a whole podcast. Forward. Yeah, yeah, that, that no, potentially a, a three-way fight, realistically, yeah. for mm. the next. Couple I do years think Ange is ahead of Tony simply Australia. because he's had a lot longer as a senior coach. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, if Ange, personally, I think if Ange gets uh, a title this season and then another title next season, he's, it's his job uh, without any doubt. And I think that's probably the master plan from the FFA as well. Uh, but that's, that's, like you say, a whole separate podcast. But Arnie mm. is doing a tremendous job as well. And Tony, you know, five years down the line, um, he's potentially taken over from Ange. Yeah. But, you know, it's like making those big decisions, like, you know, Shinji is now fully fit, firing, 
been the difference in key games to then say, I'm putting you on the bench for this one. Mm. I'm taking a diff. You know, that, that's the sign of a coach that's really confident in their own yeah. ability. Yeah. But also a sign that he's got that squad exactly where he wants them because yeah. Yeah. there was no toys out the pram. Mm. No. You know, and, and then they go and win it. Yeah. And that's the key thing. It's all very well making the big calls. Right. But then if you, they end up getting beat, then people look around, but She's they end up going and winning away. Yeah. And they're like, right, okay, I'm in charge. And I, you know, I'd imagine that, oh, no, we'll start this game because yeah. of the, the opposition and, and where it's at and the way that they play. And, you know, I think mm. it's, it's fascinating to watch and develop. And yeah. I, th- I think Labi Halit is the perfect example of what you're talking about. He brings them on at certain times. He scores in Perth. He scores in Wellington. Uh, he's not playing all the time, but he plays when he has to. And he's, has, and he's part of the squad, even though he's not playing every week. And Tony will have him feeling part of the squad, not like I'm a bench player. Well, and also yeah. the, the whole shirt thing. I know it's a small thing, mm. but that's the sign of a, of a strong coach. Because I, I promise you that he would have said, you do that, you won't play for me. You get a yellow card for taking your shirt mm. off. Mm. You know, and it's little things yeah. like that that all that's add true. up to creating that environment where people know who the boss is, they support him, and then everybody's playing for mm. each other. Yeah. Unless, of course, he scores the winner in the grand final, in which case, Popper might say, yeah. Mike, just give him a little... I'll give you a little leave pass for that one. As you the other thing, though, is uh, Tony's deputy, Popper's deputy. Absolutely. Anti Milicic. Yeah. 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 Hart could have been head coach at Hart. Hart, I really have to look to uh, the decisions they've made with that. That's a very good point. Okay. Uh, yeah. um, you don't like Hart this week. It's a <laughs> yeah, it's not a real Very Dan Harty. Oh. <laughs> um, and it's again, all, you know, like, it's all black and white with you. <laughs> we talked about the, the the change in the finals this year. Mm. You know, it, it, for, we've never had a team from sort of you know fifth or sixth come through and make the grand final. But you've got to say that that this year is it, it's distinctly possible. Yeah. yeah. That you know a team sixth can win two games. You know that's all it takes now. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't actually been aware of the the implications. Yeah, of the every change. game sudden death. Yeah. No yeah. two leggers. Uh, yeah. I still don't like it. Uh, still, it's slight. I prefer it. I, I was going to say I prefer it to seeing the same two teams yeah, yeah, play yeah. potentially three times in the final series, but I still think we can do better. But uh, I also think that if people, if the finals becomes a bit more of a lottery and a load of sudden death games, then I think people will value the league much more. Yeah, but I, whereas I, I, I actually felt that too much emphasis was placed on. The final series. Yes. You know, where true, true. Um, personally, I feel if you, you finish first, you should have the maximum opportunity to get into the final and you should play the sixth team. Uh, so, first mm-hmm. v six would be sensible, second v fifth, uh, and third v fourth. Where you take it from there, I'm not actually quite sure, but yeah. there must mm-hmm. be a way mm-hmm. to make and it better. Potentially, it could be a, a Sydney versus Western Sydney, um, you know, uh, 3v6, I think. Is it 3v6? In the finals, 3v6, 4v5? Possibly. I think that's how numbers. It's all numbers. Not good uh, numbers. Potentially, the way they're going, it could be Western Sydney in third and Sydney just popping in on, in six spots. So it could be a massive... Uh, massive I prefer it because yeah. I just think the league is the most important thing. Winning the league is the most important thing. And I think that this will help yeah. ultimately take less emphasis off the finals because it's a shootout. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's it's one-off games, and yeah. you know, I think it, I think it will make the finals actually more exciting. I just straight I, away. I mm, just you know. don't want to see Perth Glory and Central Coast Mariners playing three times. Yeah, because uh, mm. that kills the, the the anticipation of the final. Yeah. You know exactly where these teams are coming coming from. Yeah. All right, that's it from us. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Ido. We will be back next week. Don't forget the new magazine is on sale. Rio Ferdinand snarling at you from the front cover. Mm. Uh, Shinji Ono interview. Yeah. Western Sydney Wonders uh, pick special with Jaylee Feature. Secrets of the Pros. Yep. The, Brilliant uh, read. The, Secret uh, poll that's been making headlines mm. in the UK from the Sun to the Times. Uh, what, 100 players interviewed anonymously mm. said about football. So get out, read yeah. it. It's on the iPad. It's on Zinio. It's on Google Play. Wherever you want it, you can get it. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.